You're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Heath Graham, alongside Cody Berry, and we're taking you on a 12-month tour of living your passion in business, leadership, and life. The Tour 12 Podcast is being presented by NUMA Outdoors. What is up, Cody, the producer man? Glad to be back on the podcast again. What are you up to, Heath? We are... um, in for a special treat today. I know it's not every day that somebody stops by the office to visit with us. We have special guests that drove from Maryland. Just to see us. Just to see us. Just to be on the podcast. Just to see us. <laughs> it's a big deal. It's a real big deal. There's none of that that I just said true, other than the <laughs> special guest part. <laughs> so super pumped about uh, the conversation today. We've got uh, Jesse Hiling here. He loves titles. VP wow. of Sales and Marketing for Retay. And uh, then we have his counterpart, secretary. Just kidding. <laughs> that's a that's a joke pre pre recording that we were talking about. Hunter Stevens, who by the way is his f- at the time of this recording. Yeah. Yes. First day on the job. First day very on the first, job. Very first day. Breaking him in right. <laughs> a little spoiled. He gets to come on such a great, astonishing podcast on his first day of work. First, first day, day of podcast, first podcast, everything. And you showed up to our mega studio in Arkansas. It's super nice. <laughs> Blew you away, didn't it? It did. It really did, honestly. <laughs> I promise you. It reminds me of the first time I ever went to Waddell's place. I was expecting this big O. And we pulled, have you been there? I've not, no. We pulled up and there's bars on the front window. And I was like, Michael, this is not what I expect. There's a green sheet hanging in the background. <laughs> so I feel like we're ahead of the curve here. Yeah. So anyway, super great, Jesse, have you guys here. I appreciate here, it very here much. Today. Yes, sir. Thank All you. kidding aside, you guys were headed somewhere else. No, we came here, man. We were trying to do the podcast. And, Whatever, uh, dude. And, and, you know, I think we're going to, you know, just because we're in the area, we're going to head down and go to the uh, Ducks Unlimited uh, Expo down in Texas, too. So. Well, it worked out. Yeah. Jesse called yesterday and was like, hey, man, we're actually coming through Arkansas. And so we were like, sweet, let's hang out, talk some business, and have a little fun. Absolutely. And so that's where we're at. We're here today. And uh, Cody and I are super pumped to have you on the, on the show, man. Thank you very much, yeah. man. Just to hear a little bit. I'm a big fan of your show, um, Re- you. Retail Roundtable. I've listened to all five yeah. episodes. Five. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I, at this point, you're the only person who's <laughs> listened. So we really appreciate it. Um, yeah. A couple thousand downloads and apparently you have uh, 980 of them. I've so. got a bunch of them. No, I enjoy podcasts, man, but big fan of the brand, obviously. Thank and, you. and, um, and love one thing I love about podcasts, as you well know, you can learn a lot about people. Sure. And I may have told you this when we were in Nashville at NWTF, but I, I feel like when you're interviewing people on your podcast, you're. I told somebody today actually. I said he's from the north, but I think he's really from the south because <laughs> <laughs> you're like one of the nicest people I've ever met right off the bat. And so, um, so just to clarify real quick, we got to have a history lesson. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Do we know where the Mason Dixon line is? Yes. Okay, it splits Maryland and Pennsylvania. If you have a geo- if if you have a globe in front of you, Maryland is south of the Mason Dixon line. Okay. We, we technically, if, if we take the state of Maryland, which is our home state, okay, and, and we divided it into thirds. Right. The center third of Maryland, we don't claim. Okay. The outer parts, that's Maryland. We love that place. But the, the, inner, <laughs> the inside of it, you got D.C., Baltimore, and, uh, you know, not exactly what we consider home. But the eastern shore of Maryland, where we're from, and where retail is a brand at, is, is no different than Russellville, Arkansas. I can tell yeah. you that. Yeah. So. Well, I know just from listening to the podcast, um, like I said before, you feel like you kind of get to know people. And I know from the time I've started listening to the podcast to just hanging out with you, the shows or whatever, 
I feel like we got a lot in common. That's for sure. From, uh, from uh, I, t- I told Cody, I was like, I think he's one of us, or we're one of him. We're, we're, however that works. But we're all we're the, the same, same people. We're on the same we're, team, we're man. We're cut from the same call for sure. And uh, I know you like music, and I've heard a little bit. And so, uh, yeah, I uh, I know you like sports. Kind of come from a little sports background, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And so you wouldn't notice that now, but I, I used to be really in shape and like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, gas station hot dogs and and man, there was there was catfish at this place down here that we I stopped at this morning before I picked Hunter up. Yeah. I really thought about like a seven thirty catfish fry, but I <laughs> trying to get myself in a little bit catfish back in a, biscuit. Yeah, that's what it was too. It was catfish biscuit. But we we have some pretty great food in Maryland, mostly revolving around seafood. Yeah, yeah. you can't find a catfish biscuit at seven thirty in the morning. So I was, I knew I was at home. I'd be a little concerned myself. <laughs> Thanks for been sitting here. Oh, it, was, it was skeptical. Trust me, it, it, it wasn't a lot <laughs> left over from last night. Yeah. Throwing on a biscuit. Mm. Well, a couple of them look like it might have been a couple days ago. <laughs> was so. this gas station? Yeah, it 100%. was. It wasn't catfish. No, it might not have been. Well, but. <laughs> you travel a lot, so I do. Best best gas station food you've had lately, man. So I'm a Bucky's guy. Okay, Bucky's is hard to top. I mean, if you consider it a gas station, let's be honest, it's a Walmart on steroids. Yeah, with some gas pumps, right? <laughs> yeah, Bucky's is pretty good. Um, I'm a big I'm a big fan of just anywhere barbecue. Yeah, we don't get a lot of barbecue in Maryland. Yeah, really. You know, we we have the things that everybody else doesn't have either. You know, we have crabs. Real crabs, not the crabs you get like in, in Louisiana or any of those places, right? We have we have real Maryland blue crabs, and uh, we live off the crabs, and and uh, you know anything out of the bay, really. Yeah, you know, we're rockfish. Y'all call them striped bass. We call them rockfish, and yeah, you know, speckled trout, and anything else you can catch off of the uh, off of the, the deep side of the ocean too. We're only about an hour away from the from the Atlantic Ocean, so yeah. we got you know tuna and mahi and all the good stuff out there. Do you do a lot of fishing? We do. Do you? Yeah. Well, I. I I joke you a did. lot. I used to do a lot of things, but um, you know, I also used to hunt too. But right. I will say that if you ever want to get in and do more hunting in your life, definitely don't get in the outdoor industry. Yeah. Because I went from hunting, you know, three hundred days a year to and fishing and everything to like three. So Chris Cobbett would argue that. Well, look, there's different people. We're cut from a different cloth, and Cobbett's his own, you know, manufacturing wheel of cloth for sure. So, and I hope he listens to this because yeah, he may. Yeah. He's the we, only say, person we say the same thing. Yeah, he's only. First, I'm like, what are you doing, Cobb? And he's like, getting, you know, getting ready to set up my tuna boat. Yep. And I was like, well, when do you have time for that? He's like, no, I have the tuna fish like four days a week. I'm like, that's cool. I was like, I just got done taking a shower at a, a flying J. Like, <laughs> that's so true. So anyway, we're uh, super pumped to have you guys here. And kind of our goal today, we want to kind of dive into a little bit of the retail story. Absolutely. I know a lot of our listeners would love to hear that. And then beyond that, I'd like to get into a little bit of personal stuff, just yeah. kind of how you got to where you're at. We talk all the time about occupational living your passion. Yep. And as we already mentioned, pre-recording, we feel like few, few country boys can do it. Anybody can do it. Yeah, right? absolutely. And everybody sitting at this table has been able to, to pull that off, including Hunter. Yeah. As of today. Well, you were already doing some stuff. Were you freelancing before? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. I was freelancing for a little while. I worked for a company right out of college really yeah. um i graduated right as covid hit and so i freelanced for the longest worked for a company with duck season and then went freelancing again and ran into mr jesse yeah. worked out okay didn't yes sir it? yeah he's a bigger deal than he leads off to be trust i me. think no. so too yeah i saw his profile a while ago yeah the blue check mark beside it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway let's talk a little bit of retake okay um 
one of the reasons I want to talk about it is because on the retail roundtable, you don't talk about we it. We do yeah. not. And so, so I thought it was a great opportunity for, for <laughs> us to learn as well as our listeners, um, because retail is a fairly young company we are. here in the U.S., and you're going off into obviously a very competitive market for sure when you're talking about shotguns and a, ver- and- a very uh <laughs> i wouldn't say it's clogged i mean there's always room and you know pieces of the market share but it definitely is a competitive market meaning you know we're we're looking at brands that are 400 years old i mean yeah. honestly you know um that have been around for uh, in, if you're 50 or 60 you may not know some the brands haven't been around your whole life but for the most part if you're in the 30s and 40s these shotgun brands that are out there have been around your entire life. Right. So, you know, it's a very, it's a name association thing. Your granddad shot them, his, you know, his dad shot them, his granddad shot them. So, you know, we, hopefully we don't have a lot of granddad and grandkids shooting retails yet. Cause right. that would be a real close time period. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's something to jump into and we'll talk more about it. Like you said, but it is uh, definitely the new kids on the block for sure. Yeah. So what's it like been like for you? Um, with a company like Retave, is it, did you tell me four years? Yeah, yeah. So the very first guns in the U.S. So Chris Andy's our owner and uh, CEO of Retail USA. Retail as a whole has been in, in production in, in Konya, Turkey, where our factory is, since 2006. So Retail actually started in the, uh, the air rifle and blank pistol market. Wow. Mm. Long, long jump from, you know, precision <laughs> shotguns like we're making right now. Yeah. But they had started that way. Uh, Hassan Capez was the developer. He worked as an engineer for other company um, and had a lot of great ideas. And he, he felt he had a little bit of American in him, too. Right. So I always kind of joke about that because he had ideas that he, ta- he took to that company. They kept going with their other designers. Right. So he felt slighted enough to start his own company. But he also had a non-compete clause for about 10 years. Yeah. So he couldn't make a shotgun for a long time. But he was, you know, he started literally and we we came from a little bit of nothing in retail usa here and we'll talk about that but they had a dirt floor warehouse and they would take calls when the air compressor wasn't running wow. that's how retail started right now you know it's a hundred and twenty five thousand square meter facility it's huge i mean it's state of the art and you can pretty much flip it as a medical facility if you wanted to and it's beautiful and i've, I've spent some time over there and, and love it really yeah most things about it, but <laughs> the foods. Well, like, there's another I'm, story. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, but no, you know the society is great. They're very uh, very welcoming over in, in Turkey, and, and and really a lot of their economy is fo- is focused on the U.S. I mean, you know they make a lot of products that come here, and, and one thing they've done great is is the manufacturing of metals, um, car parts, and you know there's there's a million different car facilities over there, but they they really have a really good knack of making shotguns, and that's one of the things you know. To break stigmas down, stigma was for a long time, oh, it's just another Turkish-made shotgun. And as we came in, we were just another Turkish-made shotgun in everybody's eyes. But the, the biggest thing for us is, is the features that we actually have and these these designs that Hassan had put into place with our removable trigger groups. That was a patent of his. The Inertia Plus system, you know, so that the bolt always rotates back in the battery. That's, that was his patent and, and still is today and will be for the next 30 couple of years. But that was what set him apart, right? So as Chris was, was looking around, he was actually in another gun industry. He had uh, a little company where he was importing over and under shotguns from, from Italy. Very high price point, right? Yeah. Also very, very, very good businessman. And he, and he understands the ins and outs and was in the real estate market and did a lot of different things. When he found Rite, it was actually through a Pinterest message. It's the only way he could get a hold of them, right? <laughs> the power of social media. Of social yeah. media, right? <laughs> so they had originally, they met uh, in 2017 at, uh, at SHOT Show. They were upstairs at SHOT Show, new product vendor kind of thing. Um, probably not a lot of traction, just another Turkish company. Right. Chris saw the value in the product. 
uh, got on the, the phone, literally a couple months later, was flying to Istanbul to meet them, went to the factory, was like, hey, let's do this. He was bringing the product into Frederick, Maryland, which is my hometown, and that's where his first warehouse was. Single car garage kind of warehouse thing. I fell into it, honestly. Um, I come from the background, grew up dairy farm. For anybody who would let me go and make $6 an hour, yeah. uh, throwing hay anywhere that would give us you know, enough money to go buy beer yeah. in high school. And then I got into some baseball and all that kind of stuff. But, but during that time frame, when Chris decided to bring Rite in, I was working in the Ducks Unlimited world, right? So I was running a chapter of Ducks Unlimited. We're very successful. And I was like, hey, man, this guy's local. Like, let me grab a couple of these guns from him. We'll put them in our Ducks Unlimited chapter. Yeah. Well, I ended up putting 20 of them into an event. And they went like hotcakes and everybody was starting to talk about them. So we sat down and had a conversation. I was like, look, there's nothing else in this world I want to be a part of than retail because I seen the value as a waterfowl hunter in some of the features. Fast forward two years later, pretty much, that's when the, the company moved to Eastern Shore and I moved my family and two young kids and was crazy enough to make the jump. But it was a, uh, it was quick, you know, really 2018 was the first guns in the country. 2019 was the first, uh, full line, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, 2020 was the first three and a half inch gun. And then we released the Gordian. Our 20 gauge came after that in 2020. Um, so it's been a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. It sounds like it's, it's been a roller coaster though. Yeah. yeah. I don't sleep much. <laughs> yeah. so, but I do have to, I do I do vacation at home see my wife and kids and uh, I, I got a great wife she lets me do this yeah and uh, and obviously the value in it's that we're starting something really cool and, and being a part of this but kind of like your guys background you know I was literally I, I just talked about it with Michael Lee the other day on yeah. the podcast we don't talk about retail on yeah um, <laughs> that, uh, you know five years ago I was literally digging you know trenches man we, yeah. I was in the construction world I was in excavation worked for Harlan Shoemaker um, one of the best people most instrumental people in my life because he actually was the one you know, I worked for him for 10 years almost um, and I was a superintendent project guy whatever whatever they needed me to do I was doing it right Right. Um, I went to him one day and was like look I've been here for 10 years and I got an opportunity to go you know, be a director of sales for a shotgun company. Gave me a hug, told me he was proud of me and said, man, whatever you need and there'll always be a job here for you. Yeah, that's cool. That was it, man. That was, it was huge for me. And then I was like, shit, I got to tell my wife. Like, <laughs> you know, how am I, I oh, sorry about that. If, uh, so like, how do, I, how do I tell my wife who is pregnant with our second child? We had a two-year-old at home. She's a teacher, um, was tenured 10 years in you know, teaching and had a pretty cush job. She had her dream job. And I told her, hey, well, look, we got to move three hours away. And, we're, and I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to, we're going to sell shotguns and never, but she never batted an eye. Aaron is, is the most supportive person in the world, never batted an eye. And, and here we are, you know, three years later. And, and now I'm, you know, sitting here in Arkansas with you guys. So it's been pretty neat. Well, that's crazy, man. Yeah. So the, the, the roller coaster man for you has been, I mean, literally in the last five, four or five years, yeah. your life's done a 180. Yeah. hundred percent. What, what's been the biggest challenge for you? through all this uh it's the time away um i, I do spend man I, marriott loves me um, you know i spend 100 nights a year on the road at least um like this week I'll, i'm going for seven straight days um yeah. and i'll be back home and i'm missing you know the coach, first coach pitch game this weekend you know for my little boy levi yeah and that's the toughest thing and honestly you know but with the support of my wife, you know, she sees what's happening and she sees the growth of the company. And, and as much as we're on the road and, and stopping into dealers and going to these different events, I mean, it, it all pays dividends as we're growing the brand. 
but at the same time, it's it's fun, man. Like I get to go hang out with people Absolutely. that are like minded, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And who doesn't like to tell hunting stories all the time? Like that's what we do. <laughs> it's our it's our dream. And as a, as a person looking back, when I was eight years old, I told you earlier. You know, you watch the Jim Shockeys of the world. You watch the Michael Waddells, and you know at that point, you know Lee and Tiffany were kicking off, and I was like, man, I'd love to be an outdoor personality. Yeah. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, there's no way you're ever going to be on TV, right? You're too ugly for TV. So like you had to find a route to get into it. And this was my route, but yeah. it was something, you know, as you guys said, I mean, it's, it's a dream yeah. to be able to be doing what we take your passion and turn it into productive, you know, part yeah. of your, part of your life. And I couldn't be happier. Talk, talk to me about where your, your gun knowledge comes from. Cause we've been here yeah. meeting for a few hours and you're rattling off gun lingo like <laughs> yeah. somebody that's been in the business for, for all your life. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I don't, I, I jumped in pretty hot, you know? So the, the one thing is I'm, I have a pretty compulsive personality. Um, if I want to do something, I, you know, that, this really stems back to sports, right? So I did play, I played college baseball for a year and mm-hmm. figured out college wasn't my thing academically. They, they made you go to class, which was crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't do that real well. College, you know, college for Hunter, you know, a Mississippi state grad here, you know? And did a great job down there. I would have lasted 15 minutes in Mississippi State because there were so much other things to do, right? Yeah. I'd have thought about, I went in Southern Virginia to school because I couldn't get into any of the D1 schools that I had <laughs> offers from because academics, once again. Right. And uh, and I would have never been in class there either because you could hunt and fish all the time. Like, what would you, what? that's why you go to college, right? Yeah. Um, then played independent league baseball a little bit. Got paid to play. I think I made like sixteen dollars out of playing professionally. Um, didn't really. There was a, there was a pretty stark moment in my life where I had like I had like a hundred eighteen dollar check for two weeks. You know, after you paid all your per diem stuff and you paid for the hotels, and I uh, I was like, man, this is not cool. Hundred percent was going to go back to it. Um, in two thousand seven, I was actually home working uh, in, in the farming world, still trying to kind of do the baseball thing. Um, I got cut from a team in Georgia. Ended up coming back home in the fall, was working uh, on a crop production farm and got crushed in a piece of machinery and just about took my left leg off. Wow. And that was the end of baseball for me, right? And then I was like, what do you do? I got lucky enough. And and like I said, I worked in the construction field for 10 years, but it's the drive to know everything that I can about a product, right? Our product is great because there's a lot of things that aren't naturally, uh, not normal to the gun industry, right? So with our barrels, we're, we're a company that drills our barrels out. In the long run, hammer forging versus drilled is a pretty simple concept. You know, you can either hammer forge something and, and deplete the integrity of the metal, or you can drill it, make it perfectly straight, have a product that's going to hit, you know, true to point of aim. That's where it really kicked off. And I was like, how much more can I learn about it? Now, granted, my granddad, I, I think I killed my first deer when I was like nine, right? I'd been around guns my entire life, shotguns especially. We were a big shotgun family. Not, I couldn't probably hit anything with a rifle or a pistol. I'm terrible. Really? Tell the truth. My <laughs> wife will shoot me any day with a pistol. I'm, I'm horrible at it. Shotguns were my deal. And that's where learning the brands, learning the features of, uh, you know, some of your brands that have been around for 20, 50, 100 years, you can learn a lot from those guys. But as we started retail and I started diving into the production side of it, I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know why they made it that way. Why, why the material they chose was that material. Why, you know, why is this cut here and not here? And that's where, you know, I'm probably the biggest thorn in, in the production <laughs> facility side because yeah. I'm constantly questioning, right? And, yeah. and we're always trying to improve our product here. But yeah, I mean, it was, I don't have a deep background of a gunsmithing school or anything like that, but I do have a deep background of using the products. Yeah. So, and then a passion to back it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, going after it, man. Yeah. So, so Hunter, you are 
day one on the job again at the time of this recording. Yes, sir. And he just said you're from Mississippi State. Well, born and raised <laughs> in West Tennessee, and then I uh, went to Mississippi State for um, school. Yes, sir. Yep. I know um, where this is going. He knows where this is going because <laughs> we just we just played y'all last week in baseball. <laughs> we're, we're big baseball fans around here. Yeah. Like, we can't, here's the problem though: we can't talk a lot of trash to him. They did just win even though we swept them at their place last year. Oh, yeah, but well, then the last lap was on us. Yeah, because <laughs> they did win it all. Yeah, were you throwing down partying when y'all won it all? Are you a big baseball fan? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Grew up playing baseball, played baseball throughout high school, um, and then decided, uh, I'm going to hang it up for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, once you hang it up, you hang it up. You hang for a little bit. Trust me. <laughs> you ain't me. coming back unless, yeah. it's, uh, unless you're ready to drink beer playing softball. Playing softball. Oh, man, that's, that's right. your future. <laughs> I thrived in that throughout college. <laughs> it was, it was, it was great. So take, a, take us through a little bit of your background. So we talk a lot about living your passion and, and then there's a way to occupy something, turn it into a living and a career. Have you, you're obviously doing some creative work now. Photography. Yes, sir. Where did all that start for yes, you? Yes, sir. So actually growing up, I was born and raised uh, in West Tennessee, about 30 minutes north of Memphis. Um, and honestly, if you would have told me in high school, hey, man, you're going to be taking pictures and videos and doing all this, I'd be like, no. Um, Dude, I didn't even have a computer oh, in college. Yeah. And we run no. a marketing firm now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Figure that one. Exactly. Life changes for the best. Um, so uh, went to Mississippi State for ag business. Uh, loved the agriculture field. Yeah. Loved the business aspect of it. And four years, graduated 2019 in December. And COVID hit the following year and had a job lined up, but no new hires because they didn't know where it was going to lead. And so I was back home and my parents were like, "Wayne, well, you need to make sure you're up and doing something. So picked up a camera and started running with it, doing just local stuff, videos here, pictures here. This is two years ago, by the way. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So two yeah, years so ago, you're, and then you're not you're I, green, but not green. Yeah, no, it was literally. I mean, <laughs> I, I could see, when I go in places, I can see a picture, and I'm like, man, that'd be really good. And I can see the picture before I even take it. Yeah. And I just started seeing that I had an eye for things. So like, man, I could actually might do something with this. And yeah. uh, I, l- I always loved taking pictures, from my, but all I had was my phone. Yeah. And it, it turned out all right. I was like, okay, not too bad for Instagram or Facebook or whatnot. And right. uh, my friends and family like oh man it's a great picture and i picked up a camera and it ran with it and it honestly was for the best it was right timing right everything um and so i freelanced for a while and during the hunting aspect i was kind of doing small gigs here and there like some buddies call hey man come like you can blindfold me if you need me to to go to a public spot (laughs) um (laughs) so i I know how that is i blindfold quite a few people no i'm just kidding Uh, (laughs) um make sure i get their phone and turn it off and keep it in my pocket for a little while that's fun no but uh so of course i ran into jesse a few times in intertwining and it man it just it just kicked off it was it was a great i mean as you can see, yeah. I'll speak on Hunter's part because yeah. Hunter, what Hunter doesn't tell you is that he also has a drive that, that yeah. it keeps up with me. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm a hard person to keep up with because I want to be the best at everything. And, and yeah. I also want to you know make sure that there's no stone left unturned. Hunter has that, that passion yeah. and that drive, right? We're, we're, throwing him into the, the thrust fire. of this world, right? I was like, hey, by the way, we're going to stop down and talk with these guys today, and you're going to have to follow up on all this, right? So we're, <laughs> we're, we're kind of, it, it is baptism by fire, but at the same time, 
the personality fit for him. I mean, he's making a big move too. He's, he's moving from West Tennessee to, to the Eastern Shore of Maryland. Um, you know, leaving family behind and 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 his and his and his lovely girlfriend behind. I was going to ask if you were single. Yeah, <laughs> no, my first few it's, guys, with the exception of Cody, that was part of the requirements being single. Being single, yeah, yeah. going to travel. Yeah, well, I already had five kids when I came on. So <laughs> Hopefully, she puts up with me. I'm uh, no. I'm blessed with it. Uh, she's from Nashville. Um, but I'm blessed with it and, uh, she loves, she loves it as much as I do the outdoor industry or yep. not even the industry, just the outdoors period. Yeah. She grew up with it. Um, and it was amazing. Uh, but her being supportive was a big thing for it us was, too. Sure. You know, that's, a big, that's a big change for, for yeah. somebody to move that far away and, and be away. But she was, you know, she came up to Maryland and visited with mm-hmm. us and, and came with them and it was a, it was a great fit. And we knew, you know, that Hunter was going to be a great fit for retail early on. I mean, we've actually been playing around with trying to offer him jobs for a while now, you yeah. know, until we got finally serious enough and said, hey, look, you either, let's do it or, or go to the next guy, right? You but, know what happened when we were at NWTF and, what's I, that? and I met you uh, yeah. and you weren't hired yet. <laughs> no, sir. And no, I sir, made I a wasn't. comment. 100%. Because <laughs> we're always looking to hire somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. ca- he caught that. He listens to everything. Yeah. 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 Now uh, you're hired. But yeah, no, that, that was the thing. Um, when he first mentioned, I was like, man, Maryland, I was like, man, that's way up north but come to find out it really ain't that far north you know i mean it's not maine it's maryland i mean i skipped quite a few school i I aced it but i had to go hunting quite a bit but i mean i didn't know how far maryland when i i I thought it was above new york really i mean i i I thought it was on up there but i mean it was 13 and a half hours from memphis area but uh it was i mean it's just like home once you get there it's just like home yeah and it was like for the the biggest thing for me was the move, but good people behind a even better product. I mean, good product behind even better people. I mean, it was just yeah. all around amazing. Yeah, so you guys are both. That's why you- I, it kind of helped me move up there. I was like, man, I'm I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready when y'all are. There's a couple things you guys have both mentioned. We look at them kind of as principles in life, but prior to getting into getting into your current role, you guys were already both passionate yeah. about what you're doing versus versus just showing up and looking for a paycheck and doing a job, you know. And so I know I sense that. I sense your passion, Jesse, yeah. from from the podcast and then obviously just being around you. You're so passionate about the brand. Talk to me about Crazy. I wanna I wanna ask a question. I think I know the answer, but just for our listeners, yeah. the this brand is on a, a rapid pace, headed north, going Thank up you. going up quick with really very little marketing efforts in the big picture yeah, of, how, the big picture, of yeah. how we recognize companies the way they market and spend absolutely big loads of money to yeah. get their brand out there. Talk to me about the why behind why you think this brand is on. And the reason I say that is because I got an 18-year-old son who has ate up with Duck Hunt, and I mentioned this to you earlier. When I even <laughs> mentioned that we might be doing some work with retail, his eyes got big. I said, like, how do you even know who that is? He's like, Dad, they're legit. Yeah, and and there's been no marketing dollars spent no. on him really. And so, talk to me about the passion behind this brand. Absolutely. So, you know, talking about that age group, right? The demographic of our of our world is is very social media driven, and, and social media has been a great thing for us as we as we get to that eighteen to thirty five year old you know person. Honestly, I think the biggest thing for us that sets us apart is that we've all been in, and we all come from this this background. We've been in a position to know we may spend our last dollar on a product but I want to be able to know that I can get it backed up, right? Because I'm making a commitment. I, I mean, I missed, you know, truck payments because I went and bought the newest, latest thing because I wanted it for hunting, right? <laughs> but I wasn't always sure what happened. What if something goes wrong? I mean, this is a product that you're making. You can drive a truck off the lot the same day and it just blows up on you, yeah. right? So w- at what point is the service going to be the thing? The service is our number one 
backing for our company at this point because we care about the guy who's spending his hard-earned dollar to buy our product, right? The guys behind the counters of all these stores are, are, are the backbone of why we've been successful. They've, they've understood the brand. They've gotten educated on the brand. They've helped sell the brand, honestly, and, and push us into that direction. The independently owned stores, you know, your mom and pop shops that are around the country, that means the most to us. And, and, and those guys have gotten us to where we are, and we're going to continue to be behind them. But you know, at the end of the day, when you spend your money on a retail product, you're going to know that retail is there with you because we are family, right? So the, and that starts in our, in our, our offices. I mean, we, we do things together. It's not like we just see each other at work yeah. and we, you know, Will, Will and our service department, <clears throat> excuse me, it, we, we hunt together and Dan and, and shipping, we hunt together. Like yeah. we all are doing something together all the time because we've built a really cool, I don't I guess you, I mean, family is the really good way to look at it. It's a culture, right? Yeah. So we built this culture to be, and, and Chris has done a great job with that because mm-hmm. The, the fit is one thing for us that even though you might be the best at your job, if you don't fit in with us, it's going to be really hard to work together and be productive, right? Yeah. Hunter comes along and fits right into the bunch. And, you know, as a, as a brand, as we're growing, we're never going to, uh, I guess corporate's not the word for it, we're never going to corporatize, right? So yeah. we are about the everyday guy and we always are going to be that way. So if a guy says, hey, man, I, I, I ran, <laughs> I had a guy recently, ran over his gun, getting his four-wheeler off of a trailer, oh, right? No. He said, look, I don't know what to do. I don't have money to go buy a new gun. Can I send it to y'all and y'all take a look at it and tell me how much it's going to cost me? So absolutely. It ended up being very minimal, right? It was like a barrel swap out, forearm. You could tell he was a younger guy. It, we could have probably charged him $500 for parts, right? By the time we got done refitting pretty much everything that he broke. Why? Right? Because now that kid would have to go spend $500 that he could potentially be spending on, you know, college at that point. Yeah. So we, we replaced the product for him, right? So we got him the barrel back. We got him his gun back. Now, if he bends the receiver, because that's how ATF tracks it, that's a different story. We can't replace right. a receiver, but we're going to always go to the, the, the end of the line to figure out how we can help out somebody. And that's, we're going to stand on that and die on that. So. Yeah. Well, and then part of your, you mentioned it earlier, your, your travel right now, you're spending a lot of time on the road. Yeah very relational obviously you're relational you've never met a stranger never I don't feel like you've ever met a stranger no. I agree <laughs> I talk too much man I'm gonna die young I'm telling you but it's uh it, it is man it's when you, when you say passion it's, it really is my passion man and this this company's been great for me it changed my life honestly like you know I I, I didn't nobody grows up thinking man I can't wait to run a dozer all day right yeah. and, and and a lot of people do I mean that's just yeah. where they, they get comfortable with that and that just wasn't it wasn't my mentality right um I was terrible at it, to tell you the truth. I was really bad. I could manage a little bit, but man, I was terrible at running equipment. Yeah. Like I farmed all my life. Like, man, now you're telling me dig, dig, dig holes? Like, come on. Yeah. That's just, but, you know, getting into getting into the outdoor sales world, which is really what we're all in because we're always trying to sell a product. Yeah. Miss, I think a lot of people miss that point. So just selling a product is one thing. We don't consider a product sold, quote unquote, until it leaves the store into a customer's hands. That's when our service team picks up. Yeah. Right? Because it's a never-ending cycle. There's always going to be something. A lot of guys <laughs> don't take care of guns, okay? Yeah. An inertia gun doesn't need to be clean like a gas gun does. Right. But there's a certain level to that, right? We're always going to be there to help that guy out. Same thing with the little, you know, we don't charge for parts. You know, like we don't nickel and dime people for a, a, an end cap if they lose it. Yeah. I had one guy lost two trigger groups one time. Oh, wow. Dropped them in the water, showing his buddies. <laughs> We'll give you two, three's probably going to be charged like by it, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's just the, that, that's the way, that's the way the whole mantra of retail has been. And, and that social media crowd has been great for us, man. And the guys who got us here, we remember those guys, Absolutely. you know? So, yeah. 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 What is the, what's the trajectory look like? You feel like, oh, man, 
I mean, obviously, you probably five years ago wouldn't think you'd be sitting here having this conversation right oh, now. God, no. So can you even imagine what the next five years looks like for your company? I mean, I know you've got vision, yeah. but... Yeah, so two years ago, we we took in the largest order we had ever placed, right? So we had our largest deliveries. We had 6,000 units sitting in our warehouse, and I freaked out. And I was like, man, what in the... What am I going to... Like, I got to sell these. Right. I got to figure out how we're going to move. Like this guy's going to fire me if I don't sell all these guns. Right. Right. And, and then I remember like literally a month later, like we don't have any guns to sell. <laughs> so that's been literally the fold for me every three or four months. It's like this revolving door. And and honestly, because of our customer base is growing and the knowledge that we have behind our product, because, you know, it's hard to tell somebody if it doesn't cost as much, it's not as good, right? That's the mentality. Yeah. But if you tell somebody, hey, you don't have to pay that premium price, the one thing for us, we make everything in-house. We don't outsource our products. Yeah. You know, trigger groups, kind of like trucks right now. Everybody has trucks made, but not everybody has the chips for them. Yeah. There's a lot of guns being made around the world, but they don't have the pressed plastic parts from China. Yeah. We don't have to worry about that. We make them all in-house. Yeah. So, well, we don't press plastic parts, but all of our machine milled trigger groups are done in-house. So, we're making that product as long as we have raw material we're, we're working, we're making, you know, guns to get here. So trajectory wise, I, man, the sky's the limit. Honestly, like we're, we're just going to keep growing this, this community base is the biggest thing. Cause you know, you don't want to outgrow your community either. Yeah. So, you know, there is a thing is you can grow too fast, right? Absolutely. And, and we want to make sure we don't ever lose sight. And the first people we'll hire on is more service guys, you know, more guys to take questions, more guys to be, you know, working on a gun for somebody yeah. before we ever go and say, Oh, we need 10 more salesmen. Right. Yeah. Because that's what's important to us. But the trajectory is good. <laughs> if you want me to put it that way, we're, uh, we're definitely, you know, we're, we're making some improvements in the factory right now, which is still an amazing facility. But when I say improvements, we're really just adding on space. Yeah. Um, so we're making, we're making product as fast as we can right now. Yeah. To, to, just for our listeners, you already mentioned to me earlier, but talk about how, how much operations going on up there. Yeah. 24 seven. So, yeah. So 24 seven, um, you know, the biggest thing for us, obviously it's the slowest part is the, the drilling of our barrels. It takes, it takes a while. Um, it's not as fast as hammer forging, hammer forging. You can throw a piece of material in hammer forge a hundred at a time, you know, and, and flip them out in a couple minutes. We're, we're, it, ours is an hours process. So it's not like we can just go and cut a barrel and be done with it. You know, we're, we're drilling, we're, we're lengthening forcing cones. We're also honing and then we're also chromium lining. So that product you know, time frame takes a little bit. We are adding on space to be just that, you know, space for barrel building yeah. to increase the production numbers. Um, it's a good problem to have. You know, we, we do have to increase it, but we also don't want to lose that quality control, yeah. which is what we do really well. So any, any product that leaves the factory floor actually comes to Easton, Maryland and gets quality checked a second time. So every gun that goes out the door, that's been opened, assembled, put together in, in America and then sent out to our dealers. That's where we don't want to lose that process, right? Yeah. So you can grow and say, hey, we need you know, twice as many guns, but are we going to keep that same production quality at the, you know, as we grow? And that's what we're, we're really focusing on right now. Yeah. So. And so you got shifts running 24-7. How many did you tell me? Four, sh- four shifts? Yeah, I think they're running four shifts. There's like 200-some <laughs> guys over there working. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty incredible, man. I mean, you know, Turkey as a whole, the country is just so driven on, on manufacturing. I mean, you can't go anywhere and there's not – factory on top of factory on top of factory like across the street they were telling us it's like one of the largest bottle cap makers in the world they press plastics right really i was like why, why would you make bottle caps but they're like no you don't understand like they're making bottle caps for like a percentage of bottles that go out 
So they bust people in. There's you know five or six hundred people working in that factory every day, and and it's a uh, very industrial. But they're they're their government actually helps them a lot too. So they subsidize a lot of the building of the infrastructure over there. They have a really cool culture that gets behind their products and they're proud of it. And I mean, you know, the, the quote unquote Turkish made firearm is, is, is a thing of the past to me. Yeah. Right. And we spend a lot of time combating that because everybody's like, Oh, it's just another Turkish made gun. Well, we step up on another level because of the product quality that we have and, and the procedures that we do and have in place to make the products. But Turkey makes some really good products yeah. out there. And there's a lot of things you don't even realize that come from Turkey. Yeah. Um, but you know that that's kind of an older myth at this point because I think people are starting to realize like there's some really good stuff coming out of Turkey and we're we're leading the charge. I had a guy at uh, at Shot Show this year came in. He was another Turkish manufacturer. He was like, I'm so happy what you guys are doing over here in the U.S. because it was they have never seen you know a brand come from Turkey be be touted as a high quality product at a, at a at a higher price point. You know, and that was something that kind of shocked the 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 psyche of, of the gun buying industry because ultimately when you think of Turkish you think of a lower price point but yeah. we've 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 accomplished you know a really good product at a good price point we're not the lowest and we're not the highest but we price our products for you know what they're what they are and it's, it's a great product so it is man thank you the first time I put one in my hands I was like mm. you ever do that Cody you just like Mm. It's different, yeah. right? Sometimes <laughs> we were on a shoot. We were on a shoot the other day. I do that all the time. Sun, <laughs> sunrise was coming up, and he's like, mm. "I was taking pictures." Mm. And then I'm like, "Cody, you okay?" And he's like, "Glory!" I said, "Glory!" He's like, "Look at that splendor!" <laughs> but it's almost like with retail. I was like, "Yeah, mm. yeah." yeah. Look I at know that. the one you picked up. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, you were like, "Look at that splendor!" Yeah, mm. splendor, Look at that majesty. <laughs> I'm always looking to uh, to expand my vocabulary and splendor's a word I'm going to use this week <laughs> please write I, I, it down let us know I how you use it I picked up a few from you too I'm, I'm uh, just well, that's up. probably not something we can probably say on a podcast <laughs> Cody did you have something no okay you're good. I want to talk hunting for just a minute yeah because we got we do have one issue we got to work through yeah and I've learned about this on the retail roundtable that <laughs> that you're not into deer hunting anymore man I knew you were going to ask me that well, the reason I got to bring it up is because we, we do one whole section of our podcast called The Whitetail Gospel, nice. where, where the truth is always changing. Mm. So that's the tagline. That's so there's, true. Because there's no truth. So, come to find out, you tell me, you're a diehard turkey hunter. I am, man. How, you know, I, I, being from Maryland, you kind of born into waterfowl, right? It's yeah. the home of it. Everything started there. Decoys, sink boats, you know, uh, market gunning on the on Chesapeake Bay, which we're feed off of, by the way. We're, we're literally on the bay. Um, I'd rather chase turkeys than anything. I did. Now, let me step back, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wow you a little bit here on okay. my credentials in the deer hunting world. <laughs> I, I grew up farming, so I had access to some really great properties. You know, my uncles always had top of the line, complete outlaws, by the way, 100% outlaws. I've talked about this before. I grew up in a, in a culture of outlaws because that's what they did, right? Yeah. I, I quickly realized that I had to get out of that, couldn't be a part of it, <laughs> and started doing things the right way. <laughs> so I took up bow hunting. Couldn't be too much of an outlaw if I stayed away from those guys while they were gun hunting somewhere I, I was i was shooting a bow and i got into bow hunting i have killed two deer in the pope and young okay category. so i've killed a uh go to one a 141 seven eighths yeah barely made it in and then i've also killed 165 inch so nice now that's river bottom maryland deer which we have a ton of don't tell anybody yeah i like our Sega deer and uh <laughs> but that's that's really where the passion's coming back around and i'll tell you the god's honest truth in the next two years my little boy's not going to leave me out of it man yeah. he's so fired up yeah. about deer hunting right now uh, levi's five and he like 
I'm like, hey, you want to watch Turkey Show? I like, let's watch some deer hunting. I'm like, God, man, come on. Like, it's the same thing over and over. You know, you can only see so many over-the-shoulder bow kills. But, uh, yeah, but, 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 but every turkey, though, does the same thing, too. Oh, though. no. No. Oh, no, they don't. No. Uh, you know what that is? The that is a, that I, is a splendid, majestic animal. That's <laughs> what that is. That was okay. the wrong word. They're splendid. 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 Right. Okay, you have to, we come from TV background, so explain to me why every time we air turkey episodes, the ratings go down. Down, I know. Because, look, we're just, a, we're more sophisticated bunch of people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. And honestly, like, I, you know, deer, I, and I, I grew up, that was my life, man. We, we deer hunted. Every day we were yeah. possible. I was a lot of times with my granddad, but my grandparents were very instrumental in my life, right? So um, my mom was there a, a, a ton, and she did a great job. My, I live with my grandparents a ton. Uh, my granddad, I was just kick along, man. I, everything he did, I was there with him, and uh, that's what we did. We deer hunting and and rabbit hunting and squirrel hunting, whatever. They didn't care about turkeys. I, right. I got hung up on turkeys and then wanted to, you know, do nothing but turkey hunt and waterfowl the same. Um, Levi's bringing me back around on it. So I'm sure I'm going to jump up in the tree stand and, and get him involved here soon. But we do have a little secret on the Eastern shore. Not anymore because everybody knows about it, but seek a deer on the Eastern shore of Maryland. They're in four counties. We have a great population. They taste better than anything you've ever eaten really? in your entire life. So if you took an elk backstrap, turned it into a miniature version of that, that's what elk, that's, that's what seek a deer is, right? So they're just a they're a cool they're a cool creature to hunt. They're uh, we call them marsh ghosts, man. I mean they're they're tough. They're nocturnal, and and that's where we'll probably we'll start. Yeah, and I guess we'll get back into whitetail. You know, I find it seems like anyway. It's not for everybody, but it seems like your diehard waterfowl guys. Like my son's one of them. If if I ask him if we want to go duck hunt or deer hunt, he's going duck hunt yeah. all the time. Yeah. I'm too ADD, man. Well, 100%. And, and, and you're, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I'm that's too high strung you, for it. Like, you like talking to the animals yeah. and going out. You like running yeah. gunning. Oh, that's all I do. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be going. Yeah. I, say, I'm not a, I'm not a stationary person, right? I should be like really in shape and like not fat, but <laughs> I, I'm just constantly going all the time, which comes back to those gas station meals that I eat all the time. But you know, it, it's the involvement, right? It's the interaction. You're tricking nature. I mean, literally, turkey hunting, that's my thing. You're, you're defying nature. You're, you're reversing the roles, and, and that's where it becomes, you know, so intriguing to me. Man, it's in a, I just I get antsy. Like, I want to go. Like, I, you know, if, 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 the, if the state of Maryland was more accessible to, like, stalk deer, that'd be my, that'd be my jam. Yeah. I just, I get, man, I just get, I just want to go do something. Like, yeah. I got to be working. Or the camaraderie, too. I mean, you know, with oh, waterfowl, you know, yeah. in the blind. And, you know, I've met Hunter technically in a blind. That's where yeah. we have to know each other the most at. And, you know, I just, that, that fellowship you get to spend instead of, you know, worrying about what scents are flying, which way and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> which, way the, which way the winds go. And yeah. <laughs> hey, the, the wind's a big aspect in duck hunting too now. Yeah, just yeah. to know how, just, how, how I can get them closer to shoot them in the face. Exactly. But, it, you know, with deer hunting, it's like, yeah, man, and trust me, there is a passion there and I got out of it. The reason, it, Going back to my granddad, the reason that I got out of deer hunting is that I remembered there was one thing that he always told me, and he said, "Look, I'll, I'll kill deer until the day that I don't get excited about it anymore." Yeah, right. And then he had passed away when I was sixteen, and I, I did I lost it real hard because it was wasn't the same. I didn't go, you know, it wasn't the Saturdays hanging out anymore. It wasn't cutting up deer on Sundays. You know, it wasn't you know me and him getting to go spend time together. So I just kind of I, I knew it was it was literally it was October uh, whatever Halloween day it was of two thousand and ten. Right. Yeah. I watched a 135-inch eight-point that I've been watching on camera for a while. This was back before cell cameras, obviously. I was taking the film and getting it, you know, made in a 24-hour CBS or whatever it was. And uh, and I never even thought about picking my bow up. Yeah. Never even thought about it. I mean, I looked. I was like, man, that, that's, a, that's a beast. Yeah. 
after I was done, I was like, that was it, man. I was like, I sold everything. Kenny Houck, buddy of mine. I sold him everything I owned. Wow. Tree stands. We literally went and got tree stands out like two weeks later. And I sold everything. I just knew that I was done right then. But mm. it is cool to see Levi, though. He gets all fired up about it. So we'll go out and smoke some dough next yeah, year. Yeah, it's coming back. Yeah. You're going to get the. I'm just trying to prolong it because I know. How old is he? Five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's eight up with it. So it's way more pressure on dad than it is the kid. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to set him up right, though. We're going to make sure we go and quote unquote hunt and never kill anything so he doesn't have any expectations. <laughs> Hunter, do you deer hunt? Oh Lord! <laughs> so, so kind of very similar. Um, you know, I of course my dad took me deer hunting and all, but um, duck season and deer season kind of yeah. intertwine. And when that happens, it's just—I mean, we're brushing up blinds, we're making sure everything's ready. Yeah, and so. That's just. I, I at least respect the passion. But now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'll go sit in a deer stand. I'll do muzzleloader and bow <laughs> yeah. maybe once. But I mean, even I mean, when a doe walks out, I mean, my heart's thumping. I mean, I still oh, get yeah. the drive. Don't get me wrong. No, yeah. no doubt about that. But man, when you have a, it's like went for me. It's went to like a a new level. I guess Cody would probably yeah. agree. He's last. more like the grandpa for the deer. Well, I'm like the whisper. We well, yeah. we traveled around, you know, around the country deer hunting for for a while since post college because I kind of went through because I came to play ball yeah. here and uh, got out of it for a little while. Yep. But when I got back in it and we started later started the show stuff and then started traveling around and hunting, it changed though when I bought my first farm. Yeah. Yeah. Then it was a whole it your own. Yeah, yeah. It was a whole new level of just absolutely passion for and so now it's like we're hunting specific deer. Yeah. That we know on the property, which mm-hmm. is a whole new game. You know. Yeah. There's always layers to it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's the same yeah. duck hunt. We do a couple duck hunts a year, which, by the way, I got one. Y'all should probably come on. Okay. Oh, well, you'll it love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. We'll talk about that after this. We can't tell yeah, my words. No, no dropping pins on that one. Yeah. Right. Well, we won't drop pins. We'll, yeah. we'll blindfold we'll, we'll, you. We'll get blindfolded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this though, because I do listen to a lot of podcasts like yourself, and in in a lot of you know of the newer age, I guess you call it, you know, big game hunters yeah. have have intrigued me a little bit. The sustainability stuff, right? And eating clean, and and that's that's probably going to be my reason to get back involved. Yeah, um, I, I got to give myself a reason. It's not chasing antlers anymore, and yeah. you know, just being able to provide and 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 give my kids that, that healthy lifestyle. Yeah. you know, clean eating. Like growing up, that's all we had. Not because it was by choice, because we were too damn poor to buy anything else. Right? Yeah. Like we just ate deer because we had to, and that's where yeah. I was also like, man, I've ate so much deer in my life. I don't care about it anymore. Yeah. Now I realize, you know, you're you're talking about a clean, healthy, nutritious meat. So as, as Levi gets into it, we'll probably make that swing around. So we yeah. eat a ton of ducks and geese and, and everything else and turkey, obviously, but, you know. Yeah, what's the old saying? You get to enjoy it twice. Yeah. Once on the harvest and then and, and, and it, the is a, it is a blast, man, yeah. getting to see your, your kids kind of go through that process, yeah. cleaning their animals, cooking it. I yeah. know I let them, we, we catch fish and stuff. My daughter gets in there and helps us oh, yeah. vacuum seal them all up. Absolutely. And, now, she ain't getting into the filleting them yet. Yeah. But, <laughs> but she will help come. So I've talked about my boy a lot. I'm worried about my little girl. How old is she? Two. Oh, wow. Dude, she's, I, I'm scared to get her involved. She's She's got that kind of like passionate killer in her eyes. Like she wants to hunt now. Really? Dude, she will sit down and watch any hunting show in the world with us. And like, I'm, I'm a little worried about her. <laughs> She's going to be the one that keeps me on my toes, but she wants, I mean, right now I'm talking too, right? So a lot of things can change, but she's pretty fired up about it. Wants to hunt just as much as anybody. So. Yeah. But by the time she's five to seven, mm. that's going to be getting in that. I know. Squeeze the trigger. I know it. On something. Yeah. We're going to have to, I guess I got to go buy a tree stand. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I know where if you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to have to, uh, 
retail is going to have to take off a little faster because not that it's not at a rapid rate, but you're going to have to get some more guys hired because you're going to have to be at home. <laughs> so be yeah. Home, yeah. Somebody got to take these kids hunting. Oh. <laughs> God, Jesse. Yeah, man. And it's kind of but, funny but how, like y'all were saying, yeah. like um, seeing your kids grow up, whatever. me and my dad have kind of reversed roles. I've never seen them shoot a turkey. So two or three years ago, we were sitting there and one came in and I'm like, you shoot it, you know, you, and he's always like, you know, he calls it up and yeah. well, we kind of reversed roles. He came down to start with me. We went out there and uh, we're sitting there and turkey's right there in our lap. And I'm like, you shoot it. You know, I've never seen you shoot, shoot a turkey. Like you shoot it. That's he's cool. like, man, no, you, I was like, dad, if you don't shoot it, we're about to bust it. Yeah. And, and he finally was able to harvest it. And it was just awesome to uh, see the, yeah. the roles reverse. It's yeah. like, man, it's, it's heartwarming seeing that how, how it changes. Man. You know, he still saw me grow up and me do all this. And now it's like, Hey, you come with me. Like I got this, I got, I got these spots come with me and I want to see you. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. Well, I man, that's part of, that's part of what I love about the industry. We all get to be a part of is, so much history and so much tradition, even though technology's changing, products are getting better and better. Yeah. Those kind of stories, man, are what it's all about. Yeah. It's almost like the products are just a, the byproduct of the experience, you yeah. know? And so to get to be in, a, in a, a business, so to speak, where you're getting to partake in both of those yeah, on the product side and the, just the tradition and, yeah. and raising kids is pretty special, man. There's yeah. a, there's always a lot of negative, no matter what industry you're in. We catch some flack sometimes, but um, I know the people that we work with and that we, we almost, to my knowledge, everybody that we work with is almost like family now. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. And, and I know you guys and your business model. Yeah. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but that's what it is. It's relational. Absolutely. It's part of a family. Yeah. And uh, it helps when you're all like-minded too, right? And absolutely. That's the biggest thing. You know, we, we all, and we strive to tell this story on our, this is where we actually talk about on our podcast <laughs> is actually trying to, you know, entice the new guy to get into it. It's very, very hard to get into hunting. I don't yeah. care how you look at it. Whatever hunting it is, you know, one of the, the easiest things might be able to do is, is to actually turkey hunt because all you need is $5 worth of camo, shotgun, and you go hunt, right? Yeah. Waterfowl's not that way. Unless you know somebody that can get you into it, deer hunting's not that way, you know? Yeah. You, it, it's not as easy to jump into deer hunting as, as, as people would think. Yeah. Fishing's a little bit easier. There's more access to it, but, you know, the we're all in the same boat here, right? We're all fighting the same battles, and... Man, if we could all come together, imagine how good we'd be as an outdoor industry if we actually all came together. Yeah. yeah. It'd be incredible. Yeah. No one could stop us. Yeah. Like it would be, you know, we'd totally be the most agree. moving force in the world yeah. of outdoors. And we already are, but in our own separate little cliques, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things for us. We don't try to ever, you know, we like everybody. There's nobody that we don't like you know, to work with. Yeah. And, and that's what's cool about it. But, you know, obviously we have people we work with closer, but, yeah. you know, everybody's like mine. And man, we, if, if one thing can be taken out of what we do, with our podcast and the way that, that we're trying to grow the brand, man, just stop the bickering. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get over it. Like if we all came together, it'd be so yeah. much better. Well, right. and that's one of the things I, I respect about your company is you have such a humble approach to it. I mean, the fact you've got a retail round table podcast, but you're, you make it a point to not talk about your brand yeah. speaks volumes to, to the people that are listening. Yeah. Man. I mean, look, man, I can shove all the, you know, tech talk down your throat that you want to, Yeah, but maybe there's a guy that won't even understand it. He has, maybe he never buys a retail. Yeah. But maybe he also goes out and, and finds that mentor and finds that person to, you know, to start hunting with. That's good for everybody. Absolutely. Right. It's good. The dollar amounts going into conservation. That's good. You know, conservation, we were just talking about, we're going to the ducks unlimited event this weekend. We work with ducks. We work with, you know, NWTF and wild and all those conservation programs. If we don't have them, man, yeah. we don't we'll have jobs. Absolutely. We'll come back to it. You know, yeah, we can sell all the whatever camo or the tree stands or the guns you want to, but if we don't have the availability to use it and grow our culture, because by the way, 
we are declining yeah. still. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so. Yeah. What do you feel like, just from a, a industry's perspective, I know we're rabbit trailing here. We, <laughs> we, we all do that a lot, it seems like. But what's the biggest challenge we face as a, or maybe not we face. I mean, we could, because that could get a, that's a really broad question. Yeah. But, but from a from a gun manufacturer standpoint, specifically, what's the biggest challenge you guys face? Uh, and I don't think it's a challenge as much as it's just a, just a thing that's happening, but, but brand loyalty and, and that, uh, that shunning of a lot of people. Right. So, and I don't know if that even makes any sense to you or not, but you get very clicky in the outdoor industry, right? You have people that wear a certain camo, shoot a certain product, their bows are this, their decoys are this, whatever it is. And they're not very inclusive. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think in, in the gun world, especially that's a, it's a pretty big thing. Like some people are just born and bred to shoot X, Y, or Z because their families did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They right? don't drive a Ford or a Chevy. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and that's the other side. That's why people make Ford and Chevys and there's even Dodge out there. Right. <laughs> they might drive a Dodge. Sorry. But, um, but that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like if, if we, if we came to a, a greater good and, and just realized that, Hey, it's not us versus, you know, yeah. brand B or brand R or whatever it is. And we're all still trying to reach, because by the way, there's way more people trying to take away the rights for us to own our products than yeah. it is us selling Absolutely. to that individual person. Yeah. And I don't want to get all, you know, Donald Trump political on you here, but yeah, I, I'll Trump train it for a minute. <laughs> um, I just watched the video today, by the way, it's awesome. Um, but you know, on the political side, you know, the political side of things, education is key. Okay. I was involved in something that I didn't want to get involved in a couple of years ago in the state of Maryland. We had a group of people who were enacting a bill in the state of Maryland that we have a what's called a HQL, which is a handgun qualification license in the state of Maryland. So to purchase a, a handgun in the state of Maryland, you have to have this license. Now, this license doesn't do anything more than the same background check that your 4473 does. But what it does is put you into about $150 worth of fingerprinting, you know, red tape, you know, jargon and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, they were actually trying to succeed with a, a bill called LQL, which was going to be a long gun qualification license. An organization that's known throughout the country, they are pretty hard on gun rights as it is. I knew a lady. She pulled me aside because I was working in the Ducks Unlimited world at that time because we were trying to be all inclusive and bring anybody who wanted to spend some money on ducks. Maybe she took pictures of them. That was fine with us. Your money's green. We're going to take it, right? Right. She said, look, we're, we're, we're making this bill. We want your input on it. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm like 28. Yeah. Green. I just got done working in mud all day long. Like, what do you want to talk to me for? <laughs> <laughs> well, I started reading through the bill and actually what was going to happen in the state of Maryland, and it was SBR uh, 287, it was going to be a federal, it would be a felony for a father to allow his son to go hunt by himself with a firearm. Okay. And it, now that wasn't their intention by, by any means, but the way the bill was written, that's what was going to happen because it was going to make you have a, a transferable license for a firearm. If, if you bought a shotgun as an adult, and then as, as a 21 year old and, and you're 40 years old and your son wants to hunt and he wants to go hunt by himself, if you gave him that gun, it would no longer be valid. You would be a felon for allowing the, mm. the, the supply of that product to your kid. So I was like, look, there's a lot of, a lot of bad things going on here. And we kind of laid it all out. And it was like this, oh my gosh moment, because they were like, that's not what we're trying to do. We just want to make sure everybody's getting a background check. Yeah. I don't know if anybody knows this or not. You cannot buy a firearm legally in the United States without a 4473 from a distribution outlet, right? right? So you can't go to a gun show, the gun show loophole. Man, we love that <laughs> jargon, right? <laughs> gun show loophole. Okay, a gun show loophole is if you were to, and this is how it, the, the other side, the other people explain it. You can go buy a product legally 
at a gun show, walk into the parking lot and transfer it and give it to somebody else. Okay. That's also called a felony. <laughs> All right. So there is no loophole to that. You're create, right. you're, you're, you're actually committing a felony at that point on regulated firearms. So handguns, ARs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Shotguns are a little bit different because we're not technically a regulated firearm, but the state of Maryland wanted to consider it as a regulated firearm. So we, we have this conversation and I'm sitting in this room full of ladies that are just like blown away because they didn't know what was going to happen. That, that bill got killed the next day. I'm not the responsibility for it, but we got people involved yeah. enough to kill that bill. Now, granted, we're, we're now, they did get a bill passed later down the road um, that, that actually, a transfer has to happen through a legal asset now. So you still have to go through, if like, if I wanted to sell you a shotgun, we would still have to go to a, a, a sporting goods store. You'd have to fill out your 4473 and then we transfer it. I'm not against that, by the way. Yeah. And I might catch a lot of slack for that because you have to do it on everything else. You should be able to have to do it on any firearm you purchase. But what it was going to do was going to create a big contingency for the younger kids and because you would have to be 21 years old to have an LQL. Yeah. So you couldn't purchase. But if you didn't have an LQL, you couldn't also have a firearm. Yeah. So I was like, what about your trap teams? And they're like, that's not what we were trying to do. Well, what about kids who hunt? Well, we're not talking about them. And I was like, well, you're literally making them all felons. Um, we just went through that whole you know, 20-minute roundabout here about talking about that, that's happening every single day in our country. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, standing on a soapbox trying to say about it, but look, the education is key to tell people like there's not a gun show loophole. Yeah. It's a felony. Okay. There's not a universal background checks. Have you ever got a firearm and you didn't have to do a background check on? No, because that's illegal. You can't do that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we have all these things, people are hitting the buzzwords and you don't have to get too far down a rabbit hole. Yeah. But you know, if we can educate people, we have a guy who works for us. No joke. He's our, he's our accountant. It does not come from the outdoor world, just to say the least. Okay. He knows that. Right. Love this guy to death. He's a part of our family. He's an integral part of our family. Through the door, zero education on firearms. Zero. Yeah. And, and as we started talking, it was like these light bulbs were going off. Like, well, it's, well, that's not what the news told me. Right. Like, well, it's not. Like, that's that's the the portray that they're trying to, you know, paint, the picture yeah. they're trying to paint. And uh, he's been really cool to kind of deal with because he is as far away from me politically as we can be. Yeah. Love the guy to death. But now he understands, like, there is an education that needs to be had. And he's, he's working with that. So it's pretty neat. Yeah, that's a big deal, I think. I mean, you nailed it. And even from a broader perspective, being with, and I'm guilty of it, too, we've got to be willing to speak up. Yeah on our behalf because yeah. if we don't um, especially if you've got a voice or a platform or even if you don't if you yeah. just got everybody's got influence with somebody absolutely even if it's friends and family right if that's if that's the level of yeah. it being willing to speak up on topics that matter yeah and educate yourself yeah. you know there's there's a lot of things going on in your state that's not going on in Maryland there's a ton of things going on in Maryland that's definitely not going on in, in Arkansas yeah but educate yourself to the most because there's going to be people that are going to challenge you on it and, yeah. and it may not be in in a, in a, in a mean manner yeah but like if you can educate a person it, it may look they may not go buy a retail shotgun i know that yeah uh, and that's not what we're looking for but as a whole here as an outdoor community as a shooting community if we can get these people educated man it's just a you know now granted there's also a bad way to go about education people too <laughs> you know we got to find a middle ground <laughs> yeah, so, sure. yeah we can yell and call people names all we want to but yeah yeah we got uh, lots of platforms where that takes place. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. The keyboard warriors, right? Man, I love this. Something guys. happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to kind of start wrapping this thing up. We always like to ask kind of, you guys are both obviously in an awesome place with career now, even if it is day one, Hunter. It's awesome. Glad you could be here on day one. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks for um, having us. But what would you, both of you guys, for both of you, what would you tell somebody who's kind of stuck in that rut, but they're passionate about something 
and they just don't know what step to take. What, what do you tell somebody like that that wants they got a career they would they envision themselves in, but just can't get there? Go ahead, Hunter. No, you, mean, I'm, you know I'm going to get long winded on. This. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, no, honestly, like if somebody would have told me in high school, I guess do what you love. Yeah. At the end of the day, do what you love and with the passion. Because if you love what you do, your work will show. Yeah. Um, I mean, no matter if people are like, if people bash you for it, like, yeah. I mean, like from my hometown and stuff, like a lot of people went to trade trade uh, school. Yeah. Which was great. My brother did it. He's doing amazing. A lot of people are doing amazing. And I went to college, and they're like, "Oh man, you ain't going to last." Blah blah blah. Well. Four years down the road, I've stuck with it. Yes, yeah. sir. And um, but I mean, that, that's getting off fat. But like, just do what you love. I mean, it's it'll go a lot further, and you'll be a lot happier. Um, no matter what people say, I mean, everybody's got something negative to say. Oh, absolutely. You, you'll hear that no matter where you are. Yeah. yeah. But just oh, do what yeah. you love, and no matter what it is. Yeah. And for right reasons. I mean, be respectful. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, no, you ma'am. called me sir way too many way times. Way too many times. Trust me. We're, we're working get, on that. I get bashed for it. I mean, people younger than me, I even say yes, sir. And they're like, man, you're probably, I mean, it's just, it's a habit. It's a, it's a habit. And, we're, we're working on that. It's like, just, it's like disrespect to us guys that aren't old, but we're, right. not, but we're not young. I'm 35, man. I'm so good. Like, but the difference is I'm the same way, right? So, yeah, and I, I get it. And I, and I appreciate it also just throws a light bulb on getting old. So, yeah, yeah. But, for sure. Yeah. No, for me, man, it's, it's a, it's a pretty simple thing. I mean, networking is huge, right? Yeah. So if it wasn't for networking, I would have never, I'd never be here. Right. And, yeah. and taking the opportunities that, that you have offered is, is huge, but I've never, like you said, I've never met somebody I don't know. Yeah. That's not because I'm looking to advance myself. I just like people, right? And I like people and I like to learn new people. And I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, you know, different types of people and personalities and stuff. But if you have the passion, and this could be in anything. I mean, I know a lot of really great, you know, carpenters yeah. that take it to another level, right? Mm-hmm. And, and why they're super successful is because they take it to the next level and they're, yeah. they're passionate about it. Um, you know, having a good uh, having a good support system is always good. You know, yeah. it wouldn't be, like I said, I, I told my wife we were taking this job and I'm getting ready to uproot our entire world. Yeah. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be sitting here right sure. now. Yeah. You know, and, and she's the reason I'm here. And, and I know, you know, especially younger guys who aren't in that position, but man, look, you only live one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once. You get one shot at this thing, whether it's a short period of time or you live to your 100, you yeah. get one shot at it, right? Who says that everybody's hiring right now? Maybe that's the way we look at it. Everybody's hiring somebody. It could be at Jiffy Lube or it could be in a skilled trade or an accountant's office. Yeah. If you go after your dream and it doesn't work out, don't give up on it. But you're going to have a pretty easy way to get as a fallback system into something, right? Yeah. So, you know, if that guy's out there working in construction right now and he's like, look, I want, I've got to do this, right? A kid from Auburn College. <laughs> this is the I, long-winded. Here we go. <laughs> First two months that I worked for Rite, okay? I got a message on Instagram. It was, this kid was, his name's Carson Herschler. Herschler? I can't say his last <laughs> name real well. Carson. And I've talked to Carson after this. He was a junior in business at Auburn. And I was like, man, this kid's smarter than me. Like, I didn't graduate college. You know, these kids going like, but what he did was he heard me on another podcast talking with somebody. It was Billy and Dennis's Dr. Duck podcast, right? Yeah. And he, he messaged me and he said, look, I just, can I interview you for a class project that I'm doing for some, something that I, you know, what, what are you going to use your degree for? Like, what industry do you want to get into? And man, I'd love to have your job. And first I'm thinking like, well, you're, you're way more qualified than me. So like pump the brakes here. Like, I don't want you taking my job, but yeah, let's do it. Right. First thing out of the gate. So, so, Mr. Highland, can you tell me how your college education helped you get this position? Okay. So, 
That's my, great. My wife, who is a very educated person, master's degree, everything, she's a teacher. She looks me dead in the face. She goes like, hmm, what you going to say? And I was like, <laughs> listen, man, I, I, you know, I didn't graduate college. College wasn't for me, you know? And, and he's, and he kind of like took a second and I was like, but look, I'm not telling you to drop out of college and like try to get a job. But it was, it was that moment that I realized that it, it's it, education is key, right? Don't get me wrong, but you can educate yourself other than in oh, a classroom. Absolutely. Right? No the, the street education is definitely always there. Sure. The networking, that kind of stuff. But you know, I do take a soft spot for guys who are like, man, I, this college wasn't my thing, but I could never get into this job because everybody requires a bachelor's degree. Yeah. And I fought that for 10 years, you know, yeah. looking for jobs. And there's always a, look, if, if you're passionate enough about it, you're going to find a way to make it work. Yeah. But for Carson, he's probably like, man, he's probably like a head of a bank right now somewhere. Dude's killing it. I mean, he was, he was a very smart kid. Um, but that was kind of my reckoning. It was like, man, I, I'm not qualified for this. Yeah. But what I can do, is outwork anybody else who is qualified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat the brakes off of you when it comes to work ethic. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't have the pedigree yeah. to come into this position, but we've learned a ton and I'm, I'm continuously learning. If you stop Every learning, day. you die. Right. right. So yeah. if, uh, you know, that's the one thing, man, just don't give up on it and go. Yeah. Like, one well, you, time. you mentioned it several times, but the, the passion combined with the work ethic, it reminds me of Aaron, one of our good friends. He's VP and marketing dude from uh, Big and J. Nice. We're great friends with him, but whenever he went in to work for his current owners, he said the exact same thing. Oh, man. He said, man, he said, I may not be qualified. He said, but there's nobody that will outwork You'll me. You'll never outwork me. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the mentality to yeah, have. That's so. the principle, man, yeah. that you can take and run with. It's yeah. like every time somebody asks my dad, remember where'd you go to college? He said, backyard university. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> super successful, super smart. I mean, you don't have to have a college degree. Just no. Yeah. No. Once yeah. again, we're not telling you not to go to college. Oh, absolutely Do not. not. No. Thanks for that disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, Cody's yeah. got five kids. He's, he's having this thought process right now. <laughs> I tell them all, I do yeah. tell my kids, I don't care if you go to college yeah. as long as you do something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> do something, you know, don't yeah. just, Absolutely. you ain't going to sit at my house and For sure. yeah. eat my food and, yeah. you know, I, I, work. I asked Aaron that one time, my wife, and I said, what if, what if Levi doesn't want to go to college? And she's like, well, you can go to college. And I was like, well, yeah, but you're like, you're like all college and you're smart and everything. <laughs> all college. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, well, look, I mean, he's going to have to go do something as a higher education. And I was like, yeah, like you come work for retail. Yeah. And she's like, no, I mean like literally go and, and get a higher education. That could be trade school, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money. You want to talk about making Absolutely. money right now? Yeah. Dude, there is a lot of money in trades, sure. you know, like a ton. Yeah, for sure. But, it really is. Yeah. They're in the same boat though. Finding the people. Can't find work. the people. People right. work. Yeah. 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 They don't want to yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. And that's it, coming from a 23 year old guy. Yeah. yeah. That's the guy who right now probably doesn't want to work, you know, because yeah. especially coming out of COVID, man. Oh, man. That's got, it's the it toughest everybody thing. everybody lazy. Yeah. It's it the toughest thing. So, um, I mean, like my brother, he went to trade school and he's very, very, very successful welding. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's doing very well. Yeah. And I know I have a bunch of buddies who went to trade school and yeah. doing very well. I mean, but they got, the, they got the work. They have yeah. the work, they, which is very hard to find. Yeah. How much of guys are making right now in Texas and oil fields? A lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> yeah. They may not have woke up one day and be like, "Man, I can't. I want to be a pipe fitter." Right. But they're making a great living at it. Yeah. You know, and that goes with anything. I mean, I'm not sitting here telling you not to follow your dreams either. But yeah. You know, man, there's just a lot of opportunity out there. Well, we, we say all the time. Sometimes those are those are the avenues that you have to go down to get to your dream. Absolutely. You know, and so you sure. might have to go fit pipes <laughs> for five years so that you can have the. Yeah. Then you, you know, get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty crazy thing, and I guess we we all can look at it from a thirty thousand foot view because we are doing what we love. Yeah. Um. And I, I can, but I can also remember a couple years ago when I wasn't, yeah. and that's what makes me still drive. Because remember, you can always be back here too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, 
you know, yeah. the Lord giveth and taketh away pretty quick. So. <laughs> yes, he does, man. We, what's that old saying we used to say back in the church world? We would say, uh, pray like it's up to God, but work like it's up to you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah, That's it. Combine the faith and the works. Man, man. we were from the same place, went to the same church, apparently. We may have. <laughs> I believe that, man. I do. Yeah. No. I, there's a lot of times I, I pray hard, but I'm going to back it up with work, you know? Yeah. And it's it's paid off for us, and I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, fruit that comes from that. For sure, you yeah. know. So, well, man, we're gonna wrap this thing up. This, man, we uh, hit politics, religion, and guns. This is, this <laughs> is a uh, great day. That's awesome. Oh, and you even mentioned Trump on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think you offended too many people on this nah. uh, this station. Hopefully, it doesn't get pulled. <laughs> it ain't gonna get banned, is it? Yeah, get get shadow banned now. <laughs> Well, man, it's been awesome having you guys in the Absolutely. office. Thank you very much, and, and, uh, and we're humbled. And, yes, and honestly, I'll, I'll always say this to guys: I'm humbled to be be here and be a part of this, and and have the opportunity to become friends with you guys. And Absolutely, it's just man. that's the cool part about this world. So. Well, I tell you, we are humbled to get to work with you guys for uh, sure. Regardless of how old your company is, we're uh, thank you. We we have a lot of great clients, man. And when we we when this one came up, we were like, "This sounds really." Good. And then when I met you, <laughs> that's what really topped it off. Oh boy, was. Um, I mean, I'm mean, being honest. I really, because I felt like we were on on the same. It's it's like when you share camp, duck yeah, camp or deer absolutely. camp. That common bond of hunting, man. Yeah. It's like you've been brothers forever type deal. And so uh, we're super pumped, super humble to be working with you guys, and cannot wait. Thank you, man. To see what comes out of it. Hey, you, may, you may fire us in two or three. Nah, weeks, man. <laughs> well, you'll get tired of me pretty soon. So. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, real quick, shout out where where can people find you if they've if they've never heard of you? Instagram, absolutely. Give me all that stuff. So Instagram, Facebook, and by the way, Twitter. Soon, when Hunter starts it, and TikTok, (laughs) when Hunter starts it, um, at Retail USA. We also have Retail Arms out there, which is our Turkish manufacturing facility. Um, A lot of that stuff's going to be the same, but really everything we do is on Retail USA. Um, Website is RetailUSA.com. And uh, also our merch site, which is up and running now. Mm. Some bad merch on there. Hold on, you got to make one plug. Yeah, for, for your, your, your top-selling oh. product. Oh my gosh, man! <laughs> so look, it's about to go through the roof. I, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. So retainnation.com, right? So that's our strict merch site. There's no gun parts on there. It's more of a lifestyle brand. Um, a couple weeks ago, we launched the site. It's been doing great. We got some really cool designs on there. We got some other photographer guys that we're working with putting their stuff on T-shirts. By joke, I actually designed a pair of swimming trunks. <laughs> um, and yes. I was, I was, uh, I was a little taken back. I was like, man, don't you know? Chris, our owner, decided to publish it. And I said, oh, no, whoa, 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 take, take the swimming trunks down. He's like, man, we've sold like 10 pairs in the first hour. And I was like, no, our top selling product right now on our website is our swimming trunks. So just in time for summer. Just in, oh, and, and, uh, and, uh, and tank, tank tops. tops. Yeah. Tank tops. Tank tops and uh, swimming trunks. So if you're looking for Are you some modeling good, any of those? But I tell you what, I, we, we wouldn't be able to keep up with production if I put myself in a pair of them. So. That's great. Well, man, it's been great having you guys. Awesome. Thank you guys very as much. well. It's yes, sir. Thank you. Having you here. We're going to wrap this thing up. Until next time, peace out. God bless. Hey, guys. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing here on the Tour 12 podcast, we'd love for you to do us a favor, a huge favor. In fact, all you have to do is go online, go to iTunes, jump on your podcast app, and give us a review. This is why it's important. Throughout this year, we're going to give away products, hats, t-shirts, and a lot of other free things from our sponsors. And the only way that you can be registered to win any of that free stuff is to give us a review. Listen, I love free stuff. Heath loves free stuff. And I know that you do too. And we want to share some of that stuff with you, our listeners. 
We can't thank you enough for listening to the Tour 12 podcast, and we hope that you're taking steps every day to live your passion in business, leadership, and life. Again, thank you so much for being a part of the Tour 12 podcast.